Hello, friends, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast. The first 18 episodes of this show are the first 18 episodes of my book, Defining Marriage. And now we talk about what's happening with the gays and the Marian and uh, usually Star Wars, sometimes ghosts, occasionally funny accents. Hi, James. Marian from Indiana Jones? Mm, yes. The gays and the Marian? Gays and the Marian. And also Marian the Librarian from The Music Man. Tell me more. Who is she? Uh, Shirley Jones from The Partridge Family. Now, this is a celebrity you have at the tip of your tongue. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Mm. I don't know. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, for some reason, the Partridge family and uh, the Music Man are, are forefront in my imagination, uh, despite having been... Oh, I don't know. What are they now like? Uh, Partridge family was, what, 70s? Early 70s? I believe so. Yeah. So, before I was even a person. You weren't I was a still a little, a little baby Partridge. Oh, you're in your egg. egg. Yeah. In a quite literal sense, you were in the egg. I guess my egg was still dispersed over whatever matter my mother hadn't yet eaten. No, 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 no. A lady has all her eggs uh, pretty much from the time she begins her moon flow. Really? I just assumed that they were sort of assembled. No, no, no. As the, she goes. No, there's a finite quantity of eggs, and when they're gone, they're gone, baby. Okay, this is going to seem like a silly question. What? How does she keep them fresh? Uh, in a little refrigerator. <laughs> That's... In little styrofoam cartons. Really? Is that mm-hmm. true? Is that true? Like, they live in the... No, wait. Hold on a second. Ovaries? Is that where, <laughs> eggs, is that where eggs are Why stored? are you making... He's making a Dr. Evil gesture. He's, like, got his <laughs> finger up to his lips as he says, Ovaries? <laughs> That was his catchphrase, don't you remember? Yeah, Dr. Ovaries? Among his many, yes, among his Mike Myers' many catchphrases. No, wait, sure. is that really where ovaries live? No. What? Is that, really, is that really where eggs live? They live in a woman's ovaries, and then they get squirted down a fallopian tube into a, not a vagina, because <laughs> uh, a vagina is where a person has sex. Go they, on. They go into a... Um, a cervix? I don't know. This is... I'm not a biologist. I don't know what all the bits and pieces are. And this isn't because I'm a misogynist. It's just because the... It's not like... I'm not like, you know, ooh, gross women's bodies. But uh, it just seldom comes up in my day-to-day. So I rarely have an opportunity to learn about these things, even though I probably should. Like, I don't know how to repair a car, but... Uh, Anyway, the point is... All you need to know when you go to your grocer's freezer section is that brown eggs are local eggs and local eggs are fresh. That brings me to my next topic. Really? Which is, yeah, I was going to talk about how happy the birds have been since we got back. Oh, what birds? The birds out on the patio. Oh, those birds. Those birds. They're trouble. Yeah. There were two crows that were either in love or hate or both, possibly. It might have been a very Italian situation out there. Oh, my. They were screaming at each other. Really? Were they on the patio or were they just like yelling? at each other from across the yard they were yelling at each other loud enough that the microphone was picking it up as i was streaming <laughs> final fantasy you must have done something to annoy them maybe they didn't like how you're playing i may have summoned a murder of crows <gasps> oh god what if i came out there and there's just two crows pecking at you they'd, they'd be, be like, my friends i'd have tamed them it, sure i'd have one on each shoulder we'd be the murder friends is that didn't you didn't you used to have like a murder mystery show where you solved crimes with uh, a flock of uh, deadly ravens it was a flock of seagulls and then we spun off into a band it's great yeah i loved your i loved your performance in that. and my hairdos you invented listeners you can't see right now but james has given himself quite the quite the fancy do you call it a turnip i call <laughs> it a turnout it's wonderful i didn't call it a turnip i said when you were sleeping on it when it's you were you sleeping said. on it, and you you woke up and you staggered into the room like a mm-hmm. zombie with a turnip for a head. Sure. That looked funny. 
But right now, it looks very nice. I like what your hair can do. I miss having hair. I wish I could do things like what you're doing right now. I keep telling you we can get you wigs. It's not the same. I want you to have so many fright wigs. I want you to have... I want you to be a clown of wigs. That's not even a... What do you mean? Just like a clown with this like, walking wig? You can't even see the person All underneath? Right, so you have a choice. You can either be a crown of thorns or a clown of wigs. I, neither one of those sounds great. Then what, what about the a clown thorns? of thorns? A clown of thorns? Yes, yeah, so you're going to be the clown of thorns. You're Just going like to... Just like in the Bible? Yes, you're going to be a religious clown who goes into hospital rooms and uh, makes children laugh themselves to death so they can go to heaven. That is even more upsetting than when You'll- furries get into their yif suits to go to hospitals to cheer children up. Tell me more. Oh, it's it, like it's a fairly common thing for furries. To, <laughs> is it to to do nice things? Okay. for kids going to hospitals and dancing around as animals to cheer them up. Uh-huh. And occasionally, there are sort of like bad actor furries who what? Um, will put on suits that have sexual purposes, and they'll be. I mean, here's the thing. All right, explain what that means <sighs> for some furries, and I'm not going to get into proportions here, percentages, because. Uh, nobody, nobody's going to be happy with what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some furries, it's, it's asymptotic. Sec- it approaches a hundred, but it's not a hundred. It's a sexual thing. Sure. And I think it's not totally okay for a furry to go to a hospital in a suit that another furry has gotten seminal fluids on. Oh. So that's all I have to say about that. That's I don't know how somehow we this darker turn. than my clown of thorns winging children to the rest. I don't rest. think it is. I think the clown of thorns is even worse. I don't know. You think a dog man spraying semen on the children is better? I'm not saying that they're jerking off at the hospital. I know, but they're rubbing their matted fur all over the puddin', the hospital puddin', and then feeding it to the kids. Eat up, Benji. <laughs> I'm looking forward to editing this episode. <laughs> what? I can I can already hear I can hear the peaking in in your voice and I can also what? hear like I'm going to be doing the editing and you're going to come up behind me and you're like oh I I made too many noises there you can take out half of the noises I made well sometimes the noises go on for like twenty seconds they but do. that that noise you. was fine I do want to say though that we are friends to furries we love the furries the yeah. furries are are fuzzy friendly folk. Yeah, I think, as with all people, uh, there are a couple uh, who are acting in poor faith, but uh, in general, they're not Those are the ones who want to rub semen pudding on the children. Those are the ones. Those are the ones. I don't think they're they're great. Anyway, we're moving on from semen pudding from the dog-faced man. Yeah, to, uh, oh gosh, we have lots of terrible people to talk about this week, and a few good ones. Oh. So, uh, a bit isn't happening with marriage equality. Do you want to talk about the international news, or the domestic news? I want to talk about the Martian news, but if we have to pick one... Uh, Wait, what? Martian, Martian, Martian? No. How, uh, Another timely reference yes, to uh, the Brady Bunch. I was the Brady Bunch, the Partridge family, and uh, I'm going to be looking for an opportunity to make a reference to the monkeys. Oh, uh, the apes? Like, oh, uh, speaking of which, just uh, we, we should do a correction for last week's episode. Should we? Last week, I incorrectly identified J. Fred Muggs as the first out newscaster. Oh, yeah. Now, the truth of the matter is mm-hmm. that we don't know J. Fred Muggs' sexuality. J. Fred Muggs publicly had a girlfriend for pretty much all of his public life. I believed 100% of what you were telling me. We don't know what J. Fred Muggs did behind closed doors. What was his girlfriend's name? Oh, it was something like uh, P. Piccadilly Peapod. I think whatever you've just come up with is better than what it actually is. So let's go with that. It was like Phoebe BB. Oh, that's it. It was Phoebe BBB. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so he had a girlfriend publicly. Now, we don't know. We do know he was probably the first uh, network, eh, maybe the second network news anchor to bite a co-host. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but he was not officially the first right. out before Charles Carroll television journalist. Well, I mean, his biting was legendary. <laughs> he went on his rampage, and then we get to Marv Albert, and boy, oh. boy, was he? I guess he was a newscaster, wasn't he? Sure, I thought he was a sportsman, but I guess the, they also they can, they count. We sports, pretend that that's relevant. Yeah, sports counts as news. Sure, to some people. Yeah, the ball went one way, and then it went the other way. Not like this show. The important news. Important journalism of our time. So yeah, international or domestic. Well, I always have to start with my international uh, coffee. What was it? Uh, I don't know. Celebrate the moments of your life with international douche. So let's go to the classiest country. Oh, France. Oh, well, you sound disappointed. Uh, So there's some bad news from France. I thought the classiest country was Clownsylvania, where the clown of thorns comes from. It's the second classiest country. Uh, so two homosexual Frenchmen, which is, I guess, kind of redundant, but mm-hmm. anyway, How dare uh, you? they, uh, got married in 2004. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to get married in France in 2004. Oh. Did so... they marry cheese? <laughs> yes. They didn't marry each other. No, no, no. They did marry each other, but, oh. uh, their wedding officiant was a cheese. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Uh, their names are Stéphane Chapin uh, okay. and Bertrand Charpentier. Okay. These are such French names. Sure. What a pleasure. Bertrand and Steve. Bertrand and Steve. Steve and Bert. Steve and Bert. Uh-huh. They got married in France in 2004, but it wasn't legal then. Mm-hmm. So they've been trying and trying and trying and trying to get it recognized. And France was like, no, I mean, it's legal now, but you got married before it was legal, so you have to do it all over again. Ah. Uh. So they took their case to the European Court of Human Rights. Mm-hmm. If anyone should recognize homosexual anything, it's European officials. Ah, uh, if you say so. And yet, the European Court of Human Rights says, no, sorry, you're not married. Well, okay, so they just have to get married again? So they just have to get married again. Okay. I don't know why they have been dragging this out. I've been looking for some sort of explanation. I mean, this has mm-hmm. been a lawsuit since 2007. Marriage has been legal in France since 2013. Okay. I have been trying to figure out, like, what is in it for them? Like, are they trying to set some sort of European Union precedent? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to say, like, oh, well, even if you hold a wedding where it's not allowed, if you're a member of the EU, because some people in the EU recognize marriage, everyone does? I don't know. I have no idea what they could be trying to do here. But well, they lost anyway. I can tell you this much. It was a huge missed opportunity when they were doing the do-over for Bertrand not to change his name to Ernestasio. Ernestasio? Correction. Correction. Steve should be the one to change his name to Ernestasio. Correction. Correction. So that they could be Bert and Ernie? Oh, good grief. And then, what court on, on God's green earth could deny them a wedding situation? I suppose. They could release pigeons at the ceremony. Speaking of release, you just released your whole apparatus. You just opened up your pants for reasons unknown. Uh, Is the thought of Bert and Ernie marrying in France that erotic to you? Subtly, subtly. It made me excited. No, it's because when we record this podcast, Uh I have to lower my chair down, which means that I'm sitting at a funny angle, and these pants become very uncomfortably tight. Mm -hmm. And uh, frankly, I don't know why I'm wearing pants at all at this point, but rather than pause the recording to make a big deal about taking my pants off, Mm. I've just unbuttoned them. Fair enough. Those pants have become uncomfortably tight and in more and more situations lately. I'd like to be in clothes that show off my physique. <laughs> uh, these pants date back several years, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they are maybe shrinking as the years go by. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, you've got uh, quite a magnificent moose knuckle going on. That's very kind of you to say. It's uh, it's your your animal form. You become oh. the moose knuckle. Oh, right. What are you doing? Oh, you're taking your pants off? Yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, me. listen to this. You're going to harass me about... Let's be honest. Gentlemen, listen to this. Uh, my there might moose. be ladies. Are any ladies listening to Matthew's moose knuckle? Are any people listening for that? Uh, okay, so anyway. now everyone, you may listen comfortably in the knowledge that I. But you're still am wearing unburdened. underpants. I am wearing underpants. Take them off. No, thank you. Why? Uh, oh, there they go. Ta da! But I, feel, ba, 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 ba. I feel super awkward about this because I'm also wearing a sweater. Yep, perfect. So it feels very unbalanced. It right feels now. very French. It does. This is how Ernie and Bert sit around the house. Sure. They really sit around the house. But with their officiant, uh, Paul Masson. <laughs> the cheese. Sure. So that's the news for France. Were you searching for the French national anthem there? Where they're singing Deutschland über alles, and then they go into the Can Can song to drown them out. Yeah, and uh, Humphrey Bogart whips his pants off like you just did and starts kicking his legs. With his ruffly frou-frou skirt. That's just his uh, foreskin. Mm, Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Australia. Ah, We're moving on. Is this going to be a plebiscite? No. Oh. No, for once, we're not talking about the plebiscite. Hmm. The Vegemite. Instead, we're talking about the Australian sex party. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh. oh. Is, is, is uh, the star of Braveheart the founder? What? Oh, you, don't you do this to me again. What? Is he? Jack Mackleford. <laughs> Shit, I can't believe I've forgotten his name. I knew you would not remember his name. Fuck. Markley Barkston? Nope. That's a great name for a dog, though. It really is. Markley Barkston? Uh-huh. I guess Barkley Markston. What, better. What, the Clown of Thorns. No, it, it, Stanklethack. Good old wow, Stanklethack. What's his name? Good grief. He's Not- in the Half-Face movie. Sure. Where he's yep. got paint on his face. Oh, that. I thought you meant the other one that he, he was in. He's How many Half-Face movies are there? I he's, guess two, he, because then you have a whole face. Well, he's in The Man Without a Face, so there's no face oh, in that one. Well, Man Without a Face has no life. That's a reference to a Barbara <laughs> Walters reference made by Mark Ludy ten years ago. Yeah, was 15? This, okay, let's explain something here. Yeah. So, there's this woman named Barbara Walters. <laughs> She did an interview with somebody who had some sort of, like, facial injury, and she said at the end of her interview, a man without a face has no life. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. Uh-huh. And so our friend Mark took that soundbite and made some sort of strange YouTube video about it, and I can't remember exactly what the context was, but... Oh, it was just that soundbite. And it said, oh, snap. Yes, it was a freeze frame it. on Barbara Walters. But Mark yeah. takes us to the egg. Does he? Yes, he does, because he worked at Egg. Uh, the, a J- Jodie Foster, I've remembered her name, Jodie Foster's did. production company. Uh-huh. And does that take us to Melvin Coulier? Oh, who? I was trying to sneak up on the name of the man with two faces. Sure. The man with two half faces. Uh-huh. The man with two halves of a face. Yeah. What's his name? The Bruce haves and the have-nots. Tulip. No, you know, I'm that's just a really thinking, good name. I, Bruce Tulip, I guess, because I, I just think that everyone from Australia is named Bruce. That's why I came up with Bruce. Ah. No, it's uh, Charlie Chankle. Nope. Charlie Chankle. Nope. Uh, Car- Carmel Mar. 
Macchiata. You just want to say Caramel Macchiata. I did. I did. That was, was coming to me. I knew that wasn't a person's name. Uh-huh. So it had to be something close, but I don't think it's close. Marmal Clapston. Marmal Clapston. It's not Marmal Clapston. Mo. I love his work. Boobstick. No. Mo Boobstick. I think that's a great name for a dog. Sure. Or uh, a glue for nipples. Absolutely. Mo Gloobstick. What did I call him? Anyway, that. no, it's M. It's M. It's M. Marp. It is M. Marp. That's not a name. Not a uh, person's name. It's not Marp. Barm. Uh, it doesn't start with M. Mildred. It's a woman's yep. name. <laughs> you sure? Mr. Mildred? Mr. Mildred. Mil- Mar- Mervyn Croom. Mervyn Croom. <laughs> oh, huh. come on. Boof. Boof? That not, those are barely sounds. Yep. Mark. Kerpstick. Uh, it, it's two syllables. Hmm. Melting? No, just mel. Not melting. Just mel. <laughs> I can, see. Can, I found a mel. Yeah, it's you don't mel- have to go all the way to melting. Mel. Mel. Tingle. No, it's mel- not mel tingle. You you couldn't let go of melting. Melting. Mel tingle. Oh, melginger. Melginger. Melingerer. Melginger. Melgingston. Melstingston. Keep going. Mel Gibson. 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 Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. There you go. God, why are we talking about him? Because he's from Australia. Australia. He's going to the Australian sex party. He's the Mad Max. He is. The God. the original Mad Max. Mad. Not the Furiosa. I've no. forgotten his name already. Mel Gibson. <laughs> okay. Because you said another name that started with them. Sure. So you confused me. That was two. your plan all along. Anyway, there are more than two names that start with them, such as mine. So, <laughs> what what are we talking about? You've gotten me so <laughs> flustered. I may need to take a minute to put some pants on. Nope, Australia. This is what happens when my pants come off. You're slightly stop, stop it. erect for some reason. Because uh, you were caressing me. I wasn't. You were. You were touching my leg. Uh-uh. Yes, you were. That's a lie. That's, that's a marriage act that's never happened. Uh, anyway. Uh-huh. The Australian sex party. Uh-huh. Starring. It's a, it's a, uh, Mel Gibson. There we go. So it's not an actual go to a party party. Oh, well, then I'm leaving. It's a political party. No. But they're called the sex party. Uh-huh. So that's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And I honestly, I'm not sure why. Oh. I don't know what they stand for. I mean, they definitely are like sexual libertines because mm-hmm. they want like legalization of uh, prostitution and yeah. uh, they're pro-choice and they want protections for the adult industry. Um, then they kind of veer into things that are kind of sex adjacent. Like they want Australia to eliminate the tampon tax, which, okay. yeah, I mean, that's sensible. I mean, everyone sure. should eliminate a tampon tax. Uh, they want a ban on fracking, which, okay. th- I mean, that's not like a euphemism for something sexual. They just uh-huh. think it's bad for the environment. Okay. They're opposed to... They don't mean that thing where you stick a fire hose up your butt and then open it up. And, and, and you're blasted off. You just burst into a million pieces <laughs> erotically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're pro euthanasia. Okay. They're pro marijuana legalization. Mm-hmm. They're uh, pro animal welfare. All right. They're pro biodiversity. Mm-hmm. They want to protect. Are they pro biodome? Uh, probably. I mean, we and the Jews. Who could oppose? Who could be opposed? We and the Jews. Pauly Shore's greatest film and America's worst. Mm. Uh, yeah. So uh, biodiversity. They want to protect the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, okay. I almost said weef. <laughs> The great, the great, great queef. Ba- the ba- great barrier queef. Uh-huh. Oh, God. What have you done sure. to me? Anyway. The, the sex party is headed by Queef Latifah. They have invented queer beer. 
Okay. It's a beer that's queer. Does it make you gay when you drink it? Uh, probably. Let's okay. assume. Like, I was looking for details about, like, where does it come from? Is it just Coors with a new label on it? Sure. Is it... It would be Foster's Mate. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know anything about what's in the queer beer or what it tastes like or what uh-huh. it does, other than the labels are very cute and rainbowy, okay. and all the money raised from sales of queer beer go toward Kaleidoscope Australia, which is a nonprofit that helps LGBT, vulnerable LGBTs in the Pacific pacific rim well i can't object to that no it's all very nice sure yeah so good for them they uh they want the gay marriage obviously and they're they're raising money for it with beer which i i'm all for Mm -hmm. so hooray i mean that's the extent of the news oh well yeah there's no like bad punchline a lot of these stories have like a bad end but not that one australians Mm. are selling beer for a cause sure they're soaking uh the tampons in beer inserting them and uh having a good time for themselves and that's how you get a great barrier queef oof probably that's yeah Mm -hmm. not to mention a a great barrier yeast infection now there's some bad news oh in mexico okay we're we're doing all the internationals we're bouncing around the world like carmen san diego Mm -hmm. uh so mexico just had an election and the institutional revolutionary party Mm. has lost yeah wait a minute i know i know i know wait a minute yes okay so there is a spanish equivalent for oxymoron right Probably. Okay. I'm not going to... Has anyone taken it up with the party that their name is... the is institutional... One of those? Revolutionary party? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So they've been in power for, like, decades. They've oh, been, it like... sounds like they need a revolution. Uh, yeah. They... And, yeah, at this point, how can they be revolutionary? They've been around for almost a, almost a century. Well, I don't know how you have an institutional revolution. Beats me. Take okay. it up with uh, Enrique Peña Nieto. I will. He sounds like a, a handsome man. He is the president. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, my your, hats off. Yes, Your Majesty. Uh, yeah, but they've got some bad news. They oh. were for marriage equality in Mexico, okay. But in the election that just happened, they had pretty significant losses. So they are no longer uh, as powerful as they once were. They have no longer a, a majority of uh, the state governorships. And Who's in power now? The uh, populist papists? The, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this election didn't go great for uh, the party that wants to legalize gay marriage, which is unfortunate. The Institutional Revolutionary Party. Yeah. Does, I'm just trying to parse that. So does that mean institutional revolution? That a revolution is necessary in reaction to the institutions or that it is an institutionalized process of constant revolution or what like what does that mean? So my guess was that there were like think tanks in Mexico about how to properly do revolutions. And this party is the result of those, like thinking back like uh, 90 or so years to when this group kind of emerged. Okay. There were probably a lot of people like, I don't know, post-Marxists thinking Uh about, I guess they would just be Marxists then, wouldn't they? Sure. A hundred years ago. Leninists? I don't know what you call them. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Uh, Thinking about how to have proper revolutions. And so my guess is that these are, this was an outgrowth of people like formally trying to figure out how revolution worked and applying it in Mexico, where it seems to have worked for the last 90 or so years, and now things are not going so well for them. You say you want an institution, well, you know. Do you want some maracas? Uh, that wasn't a Mexican accent. That was uh, a I, Beatles I didn't accent. Say it was. I, oh. Oh, oh, okay. But they're happening in Mexico. When the Beatles went to Mexico, didn't they all have maracas? Uh, they had cucarachas. Okay. Now it's now it's bad. Now you now made it bad. I, yeah. Well, you anyway. are the new Trump. Look at you. And your genitals kind of look like Trump. What? 
That's the worst thing you've ever said. Every Everybody's genitals kind of look like Trump. Oh my god. You're kind of right. If you just look at anybody's genitals without your glasses on, everybody out there, take your glasses off, look at some genitals, uh, kind of cross and uncross your eyes, and like a magic eye, his face will emerge. That's a terrible curse. Don't, don't, don't impose that on anybody. But they're, they're, nobody's going to be able to look at genitals again. Male genitals, female genitals, dog genitals, they all... No. Yeah, maybe not dog genitals. Lizard genitals, though, for sure. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, so that's the news uh, you can use da, 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 da. from around the world. Well, okay. we've got some. We've got some domestic news as well. Oh, I've got some domestic bliss. Unfortunately, none of it involves beer. I'm a little dismayed that American homosexuals uh, are not getting on this queer beer thing because uh, I think that'd be pretty great. Well, they can't possibly because Budweiser just rebranded themselves as America. Oh, that's right. That's so right. our well, beer isn't Budweiser. queer. It is. It is patriotic. I guess. How long is that going to last? I don't know. And it couldn't last short enough. Yeah. So uh, I guess let's talk about uh, what's happening here in this stupid country. But Do you want to talk about Judge Roy Moore? Not really. But yes. Okay. So uh, he's had some bad news. Oh. He was given a two-week extension to respond to the ethics charges against him, which mm-hmm. good for him. And dragging sure. these things out another two extra weeks. So mm-hmm. awesome. June 21st. For 21st, <laughs> June 21st is the deadline for him. Was he writing about video games that he had a personal interest in? Because that's what? highly unethical. Well, yes, that's that's the most unethical thing a person can do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's going to, uh, we're going to get a response from him on June 21st. Meanwhile, while he's just twiddling his thumbs or whatever he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, he's probably staring at his genitals and watching Trump's face emerge. Oh, he's just just listening to the speeches mm-hmm. that that's it for him it's not just the face it's actually giving a speech absolutely yeah he's slapping it against a teleprompter mm-hmm. uh that is a sex act from time uh, to time it sneezes what his trump sneezes his trump sneezes trumpy does magic things so the alabama judge who ruled a year ago over a year ago now that uh, the, the state's ban on gay marriage is unconstitutional mm-hmm. she's just ruled again uh, and she said, essentially, uh, yeah, what is this Judge Roy Moore guy talking about? Uh, gay marriage is a thing, so that's the last word. Mm-hmm. So while he's just doing nothing, she's like, stop it, you guys, knock it off, and just follow the law. Did she do a little music video to announce it, where she went, more, 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 I don't like it, I don't like it, Roy, Roy Moore, I don't like it, I don't like it. What is the music video for that? Uh, I think it's somebody eating a lot of ice cream. Why? Because they want more, more, more. Oh, is it just an ad for ice cream? How do they like it? Anyway, so her name's uh, Judge Callie V. Granade. Okay. She is pretty great. She uh, was the one who ruled a year ago in favor of gay marriage. She's ruled again. And she said that she might not have needed to, except, and this is a quote, given the actions by Alabama state and local officials during this litigation, both before and after the Supreme Court decided Obergefell, it cannot be said with assurance that there is no reasonable expectation that Alabama's unconstitutional marriage laws will not again be enforced. Now, there's a lot of negatives in that. There are. It's a puzzle. It really is. What she's saying is like, basically, they've been making so much noise about how they want to break the law that we can probably assume that at some point they're going to try to do it again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got a rule one more time. Okay. Anyway, that's why we got that ruling. The so gunslinger in pulled back into the fray. Uh, yes, she's just a one one last heist. But it's not a heist. It's a judge. It's a judge ruling. Sure. It's a it's a decision. That's it's a Judy judgment. Anyway, so that's that's the state of affairs in Alabama. Oh. 
<laughs> what are you trying to do to me? So this is why I didn't want to take my pants off. Because right now, here's what James is doing. He is tapping me like I'm the bell at the desk of a hotel and plunging his fingers into the crook of my knee uh, in a way that's really filthy. It's just, you just get away from my knees. What are you doing to my knees? I knees them. Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota GOP released their, their platform this week. Okay. It is surprisingly old-fashioned. It's six inches high and has a goldfish in it? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's made of sarsaparilla. Oh. And it uh, lives in, a, in the wagon of a traveling show. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, of course, uh, no to gay marriage. Uh-huh. No to civil unions. Okay. What does no to them mean? They are opposed to gay marriage. I don't know what okay. they're going to do about it. They haven't said, sure. like, oh, we're going to introduce a bill to do something, something, something. Uh-huh. But they're just opposed. We don't like it. Yeah, that's essentially... <laughs> I don't like it. Their platform is, uh, we don't like it. Well, the baby doesn't like a gay poo-poo marriage. They do the bum-bum <sighs> sex. Baby doesn't like it. No. That, hmm. That's the truth. <laughs> It's so you, gross with poo poo bum bum. Right. Do you want to read the just be the person responsible for reading out loud the the GOP platform? <laughs> no gay marriage. <laughs> no civil unions. <laughs> Mexicans. No, don't give me a Mexican. This is so unpleasant. I can't. I don't want you talking like this. Uh, of course. Like it. They don't want trans people in bathrooms. Yeah, my poo-poo bathroom. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I might not know exactly what's in somebody's pants. And part, partially, part, potentially, potentially is the word that I was grasping for. Mm. Potentially, the strangest part of their platform, the, the most restrictive, is you're not allowed to talk about anything about gays in school. Uh, Okay. Uh, the the shorthand the name for this is the no promo homo provision. <laughs> Wait, isn't that just the Russian law? Yeah, isn't that yeah, just the Russian right, uh, no propaganda law? Which means that if you talk about it, you are doing propaganda and you should go to jail. Yeah, they're Maybe essentially saying hear about a homo in a poopoo school. Schools aren't allowed. Nobody in school is allowed to talk about anything about gays. Uh, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. like gay sex or just that Harvey Milk was a human being, whatever it is. Uh, you can't talk about it in Minnesota, according to the GOP. So that's going to go great. Sure. Um, I mean, there are very few occasions. Like, I mean, you know, if you're talking about like James Baldwin or uh, Oscar Wilde, sure, it might come up. Uh, but I mean, our, our sex education barely covers conception, like the bare minimum, let alone getting into anything more diverse than that. So, like, I don't even know what this would apply to. I, I mean, is are Minnesota public schools a hotbed of a homosexual discussion? I mean, it's not Idaho. Fair enough. Not, famous no, potatoes. Yeah. The, the famous potatoes and uh, homosexual scandals. Mm. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what they think is, is going on in these schools. I mean, most of the time, yeah, it's probably just uh, algebra and one, two, threes. But uh, I guess for right, those so this rare is, occasions... This is a bone thrown to the people who are uh, scared because ads told them so that now kindergarten classes are going to start teaching about anal sex? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty likely. Okay. Because, I mean, I remember like when people were running ads against uh, same-sex marriage, one of the things they said is like, don't believe it could happen here. In Massachusetts, children as young as five are forced to learn about sodomy in kindergarten. And... Yeah, no. I believe that's true. No, it just meant that, like, it, what they were extrapolating from was situations where, like, King and King, the picture book for children, was made available in a classroom. Um, King and King does not go into the mechanics of uh, taking the throne 
of the other king. <laughs> no, no, much like much like most other children's fairy tales. Sure, <laughs> right. Like Sleeping Beauty isn't like you know. Uh, and then he stuck his thumb in his mouth to get it lubricated, yes. and to make sure she was really asleep. He, yeah, no. There's nothing about uh, Snow White's maidenhood. Ah, uh, sure, maidenhead, maidenhead. Sure. Uh, wait, isn't her maidenhood the same? Is maidenhood and maidenhead a different thing? Uh, a maidenhood is what you wear out when it rains. Yeah. So, blah, 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 is, uh, what are they? What are they talking about? It's nonsense, and they're just you know pandering to people who are misinformed about what they think is going on. So, uh, very effective. Great job. These are the people who are in charge. This is what happens when, uh, you know, Americans are allowed to, to choose their leaders. Babies are feared that all the, the gays are going to make the baby choose to be gay. <sighs> don't make a baby choose to be gay. Oh, I don't want to choose a penis. <laughs> but I like a penis. Okay. Oh, boy. That's, that'll be. That'll do. That'll do. Oh, baby. Baby. Give me a penis, ooh, it's a yummy. If it's above mouth, the women of the baby. Sometimes I wonder, like, if I just quietly walked out of the room, (laughs) you can't because you're bobbing up and down. Your legs are on me. You put them there. What? What? My, I had my legs just on the foot. Ah, stop it! I had my legs just sitting on the futon, uh-huh. and you were like throwing them around. You're rubbing them. You're fidgeting with my legs. <laughs> you this put- is what happens when you make me take my pants off. You gave me flesh bags. Oh, isn't that the nicest well, baby, thing? Baby got a hold of some flesh bags. This is so erotic. What you're baby, doing right baby, now, talking baby, a baby, baby voice and. <laughs> Like rubbing my legs up and down, like you're gonna you're gonna exfoliate me through friction. <laughs> what? I'm giving you a sensual rub. Yeah, it's it's been great with seasonings. Uh, oh, what seasonings? Celestial seasonings. Ooh, the tea for oh, you in space. Uh, yes, from uh, Cookie Puss. <laughs> yes, Queen. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I don't know what voices you're combining. At this <laughs> um, I realized probably in poor taste for the baby to sing about tasting a penis. Maybe. I guess it depends on the penis. I don't think that's what it depends on. I, well, I mean, is it an is it an adult baby? I think if we're talking about the Republican Party platform, it we can be pretty is. sure we're talking there's, about an adult baby. There's going to be a few adult babies in there. Again, like the furries, nothing against adult babies. Mm-hmm. You diaper lovers, you piss and shit yourselves to your heart's content. Oh, P. Yusa, what a scent. Love it. Magnificent. God bless you. All right. Uh, that's James's position. And- <laughs> <laughs> that is the GOP's <laughs> position in Minnesota. P.U.S.A. What a scent. Love it. Next. Rince Plebus just loves having adult babies dumped on him. That's the, the chairman of the, the GOP? <laughs> Rince. Rince Plebus. Rince, pe- Rince Plebiscite. Uh-huh. Wants all You your... almost called him Rinse Penis. <laughs> I did, and I will. He wants all the adult baby diapers dumped on his face, and he just wants to roll around, smushing them, and, and moaning and mewling. He loves it. He's a good mueler. Mm. That Rinse Penis. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and do, and, and listeners, rinse your penis. Yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ogenki taught me that. Are we ready for the final piece of news? I'm ready for the final insult, baby. Hit me. You're ugly, too. Ha! <laughs> Love it. You're a regular Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, man. We just watched Ladybugs. That movie is so good and so bad. It's like no one cared that they were making a movie. I called you Rugular. Rugular? Yeah. When did you call me Rugular? I called you a Rugular Rodney. Oh, I didn't even notice. I was so fixated on Rodney. I was fixated on that wig talk from earlier. Oh. I want you to have a regular wig. 
<sighs> it would it be a merkin that I just wear on my head. It would be a merkin that you wear all over your body, like a Chewbacca, Mer. like a Chewbirkin. I tried to make a Chewbacca sound, but it just sounded like I was ambivalent. <laughs> You're an ambivalent Wookiee. <laughs> oh, even as a Wookiee, I'm, I'm boring. Uh, sure. So the final piece of news this week, because mm-hmm. I'm pregnant, is oh. that uh, there's some good news for Richard Adams and Tony Sullivan. And they are. So, you may remember them from a very past episode, long, long ago. Uh, They were the guys who got married in the 1970s. Cleela Rorex gave them a marriage license. Mm -hmm. Uh, They met in 1971. Uh, Tony was here on a tourist visa. He was Australian, I think, or from New Zealand. I think he was from Australia. So, he was here on a tourist visa. Mm -hmm. um, And they met at a gay club in Los Angeles. And their eyes became hearts. And they fell in love. Mm -hmm. But... Tony could not get a permanent visa here because it was the 1970s and he was gay and good grief. So uh, what they had to do to keep him in the country was he had to visit Mexico every 90 days Hmm. so he could renew his tourist visa. And become an institutional revolutionary. Yeah, he would bring back the institution one brick by brick. Viva the revolution. Well, they were kind of uh, revolutionary. Um, Mm -hmm. It was very risky for them to be doing this. If they had been caught, um, gays were... uh, one group that could be uh, denied passage over the border. Like, any time they came back huh. from Mexico, uh, they were classified as excludable at entry if uh, immigration knew that they were gay. When was that lifted? I Actually, I don't know. I'm going to guess the 1970s, hmm. but I'm not 100% sure about that. Okay. Um, there are still groups that are excludable at entry, of course. Like what? Uh, well, terrorists, you know, like ah, severe oh. case, like people that you really wouldn't want to come into the country. People with, um, like, uh, incredibly communicable diseases. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a long time, people with HIV were excludable at entry. Huh. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were doing that for a little while. Then they heard in 1975, Cleela Rorex was marrying gays in Colorado, flew out to, to Colorado Springs. No, it must have been Boulder. I think it was Boulder. Mm-hmm. And got married. And uh, it was a big to-do. Lots of media attention. Uh, Tony's family back in Australia disinherited him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after they were married, they applied to the government to, you know, have uh, actual recognition and get him naturalized. And the government wrote back, uh, you have failed to establish that a bona fide marital relationship can exist between two faggots. Well, uh, I guess they need some more evidence. Yeah, send us pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that didn't go so great. Uh, they kept fighting it, fighting it, and fighting it. Uh, it took a, a decade. And uh, finally, they left the country in 1985 because they just could not get recognition. Uh, they left in 1985, wandered around Europe for a little while, slipped secretly back into the U.S. in 1986, but they yep. had to basically hide uh, for 10 years. Um, no, I'm sorry. They, this is after 10 years mm-hmm. uh, of fighting this. They had to, they had to hide uh, up until just recently. Um, so, uh, Tony, uh, or sorry, Richard Adams uh, passed away in 2013. That was before oh. nationwide marriages, before they could get married in California. They uh, were unable to get married in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, in part because they said, we're already married. Okay. Well, this is a, a callback to France. To France, exactly. They said, we're already married. We don't think we should need to get married again. I'm sorry, you're dead. Richard passed away in 2013, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, just recently, just uh, this past week, the White House has ordered the Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services to apologize oh. and to recognize their marriage and to begin immigration proceedings for Tony Sullivan. Well, that's uh, 
late, but good. Yeah, well, better late than never. So uh, the director of the Citizenship and Immigration Services is named Leon Rodriguez, mm-hmm. and he wrote, This agency should never treat any individual with the disrespect shown toward you and Mr. Adams. You have my deepest apology for the years of hurt caused by the deeply offensive and hateful language used in the November 24, 1975 decision, and my deepest condolences on your loss. Well, well. Yeah, so uh, it's a nice little outgoing gesture from Obama. Sure. And uh, continuing his apology tour. <laughs> yeah, uh, very happy for Richard Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally getting to become a U.S. citizen after, oh gosh, what's that going to be? Uh, 45 years. 45 years. Goodness gracious. And he still wants it? Still wants it for some reason. Still Good wants to him. be stuck in this dismal country. Well, he gets to have uh, Trump. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Naturalized just in time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so isn't it strange that um, after all this time with the, the American one, they were like, yeah, we, we're going to go ahead and consider you married. And in hmm. France, they were like, mm, no. I don't know what the difference is there. I don't know why. I, I mean, on one hand, it might be a little bit easier for them in the U.S. to be like, yeah, sure, okay, because one of them's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, uh, I mean, how hard would it be for the France to be like, okay, okay sure, sure. Well, I think as people who know nothing about that system and how it works, uh, we are the most qualified to speculate. <laughs> yes. uh, sacre bleu. Yes. That is the legal, that's the, the legal term that they use. I suspect what? what they do is they all put on a bunch of turtlenecks, they go into a back room, they light as many cigarettes as possible, they sit in some cheese, uh, they put on a black and white movie, uh, and they listen to that, if I can't sell it, I'll sit on it song. Um, and <laughs> that then... was in... Okay, we need to pause here to talk mm-hmm. about that song. So that song makes a brief appearance in the movie Ladybugs, a great classic of our time. So Rodney Dangerfield is walking into an office, and Jack A. Harry is singing to herself. She's watering her plants, and she's singing this song, uh, where she's, and she's wiggling her ass, and she's singing to herself, If I can't sell it, I'm gonna sit down on it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Rodney startles her, and she's like, Whoa! Uh, that's not the noise. That's the worst Jack A. Harry impression. Ooh. There we go. Oh, no. Is the boudoir baby Jack A. Harry? Ooh, like the baby, baby Jack A. Baby Jack A. Okay. Is the baby, like, having respiratory problems? <laughs> baby, baby has the cough, so Baby okay. Jack A. This is cool. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> oh, just when I thought this couldn't get any more erotic. <laughs> so it's this old Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey song. Uh, they're like blues singers from the 19 teens and 20s. Uh, that is exactly what it sounds like. If I can't sell it, I'm going to sit down on it. Uh, it's filthy and hilarious and wonderful. And Jack A. just inserted it into this movie. I can pretty much guarantee that that was not in the script. I am fairly certain that this like obscure black lesbian from the 1920s, the the writers of Ladybugs were not attempting to make uh, a reference to her. She wasn't a lesbian. She was bisexual. Oh. But, yeah. So Didn't I, she have a harem of lady loves? She was arrested. Ma Rainey was arrested for a uh, orgy with a bunch of women. Mm. Uh, and then she sang about that. Uh, the... The what was the name of it? Is the the, the prove it on me blues or something like that? Mm. It yeah. was also the kitchen man. Oh, and the kitchen man! Oh my god, such a good song. Look this up. Uh, it's about how this guy who delivers the food has gotten fired or something like that, and she's singing about how she she needed him. She, I think this was uh, Bessie Smith was singing about how she needed him to to please her, and it's got some amazing lines, mm. including when I eat his donut, I don't leave nothing but the hole. She eats his donut, all right. Yeah. It's uh, amazing. 
I need to cough, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to... This will be my voice for the remainder of the podcast. We've just been joined by Kathleen Turner. Uh, not if it's High Point. <laughs> no, it's Lauren Bacall meets Kathleen uh, Turner. Oh, now uh, that's a lesbian orgy I'd like to deep see. Deep brood flavor. Mm, the flavor is marvelous. There was something that we were going to talk about in what? addition to all this, and I can't remember what, because you got me so sidetracked on... The sit down on it, Rodney Dangerfield blues. Uh, Rugney. Rugney Dangerfield. Oh, you wanted me to have a wig or something. I wanted you to wear a wig. All right. I'm getting a little insulted here. Uh, You've been fondling me throughout this interview, so I think this interview, this this, this chat. (laughs) You took off your garment. I did. I did it. Your insistence. I insisted nothing. I planted only the faintest of suggestions. Mm. You are very suggestible, Herman. I guess that's true. You guys, I went to a hypnotism class uh, a few days ago, and it was not fantastic, by which I mean, like, everyone has this fantasy about what hypnosis is, and this class uh, really demystified hypnosis and made it awful boring. Not boring, exactly. Just like, uh, this is just a regular old thing. It's not a meditation, Mm -hmm. basically, except you focus on something instead of clearing your mind. And uh, I don't think the people in the class really wanted it to be that. I think they wanted it to be something wonderful and magical, and like, you take over someone's brain and they're a zombie. That's certainly what I wanted. Uh, so yeah. I think I, I prefer fantasy hypnosis to real life hypnosis. This class uh, was—it uh, made me sad. It's not the class's fault, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's my fault. But a salute to you, hypno perverts and shit-eating diaper friends and furry pudding men. You're all terrific. Thanks, everyone, for listening again this week. Uh, let me know your thoughts. I'm at Matt Baum on Twitter. You can also leave a review in the iTunes store. That would be fantastic. Or you could listen to my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris. You could do both, frankly. You could listen to The Sewers of Paris. This week, my guest was Brian Safi, the fabulous Brian Safi from the Throwing Shade podcast, which is so much better than this podcast. What an insult that he's even mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, he's on tour right now. He's on a 21-city tour with Aaron Gibson, his co-host. They're going to be coming to Seattle in August, and we're going to go see them because I got tickets. And okay. uh, you can listen to him right now on the series of Paris, my other podcast. I am one review away from my 200th review. So if you like the series of Paris, please go leave it a review. And if you like this show, uh, you can leave it a review as well, though God knows what you would possibly have to say about it. You can also check out James live streaming uh, some Final Fantasy. He's uh, playing lots of that, and I join him when I can, uh, which has been seldom because I've got a, a pretty heavy workload. But I pop in every now and then. That's at twitch.tv slash pretty pretty pixel, and I'm going to be streaming some Dragon Age. That's at twitch.tv slash Matthew Baum. My full name, not Matt Baum. It's Matthew Baum, the gay version. And that's what I'm up to. You can also check out uh, some of the writing that I've done recently for The Stranger. If you go to my... Um, uh, Twitter, uh, you can see, uh, I've got a link to it, this article about burlesque classes that I'm pretty pleased with. Uh, oh, burlesque baby! How that article turned out. So check that out, that's at uh, twitter.com slash Matt Baum. Although I can't sell it, I'm gonna sit on it. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget, if you haven't picked up my book, Defining Marriage, you can do that at Amazon and leave a review there. And by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Oh, cow. Oh, cowabunga.